Hi, I'm Pete Seligman. Welcome to the Next Step Podcast. In this season, we're going to be focusing on search, search funds, entrepreneurship through acquisition, and all things related to that community and that ecosystem, particularly focusing on how can we build the marketplace in Australia and start to encourage more searchers to come to market and get to the point where they can own, operate their own business. In this episode of The Next Step, I speak to Greg Green, who is the director of Single Trail Capital. He's a searcher and he's been underway for about eight months now. He's based in Queensland, but is searching nationally in Australia. And what we focus on in this conversation is that search phase. What I wanted to try and do is give some insight into what it's actually like to be right in the trenches of search because I think there's a lot of people that are thinking, you know, should I go down the search path? Is it something that might suit me? What are the things I need to consider? What might not turn out the way I expected it to be? And so I wanted to speak to Greg around, you know, where he started, where he's gotten to now, what was as expected, and even more importantly, what was not as expected and what he's learned on that journey. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks. Morning, Greg. How are you going? Very well, thanks, Pete. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for agreeing to come on this episode of the podcast. I really appreciate it. No worries at all. So, what I wanted to go through today, given that you're right in the depths of it now, is is the search phase. So, I wanted to get some understanding from you of what it's like to really be in the trenches, trying to identify all those businesses, what happens when you first see them, how do you work through a filter, how do you develop your pipeline, what's it like to speak to owners, what kind of response you've had, you know, all those elements of the, mm. of the day-to-day of being in the search. So, before we get into that, can you just give us a bit of a background on kind of where, where you've come from and, and what you brought what brought you to search in the first place? Yeah, sure. Okay, look, I've spent the last um, or best part of the last 10 years in mergers and acquisitions based out of Sydney, largely focused on industrial transactions, mid-markets, so sort of 20 million to 300 million EV. Really enjoyed that work. Prior to that, I, I spent a bunch of time in, in a number of different roles, largely working for, for small and large businesses, but largely drawn to that sort of process optimization efficiency. How, how do we do things smartly with technology as opposed to just process for the sake of process? So, that were the sort of core sets that, I, that I'm coming from. That's so effectively buying businesses and then looking for operational leverage. So pr- probably quite a good combo, right, for the kinds of businesses that you're you're focusing in on. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. And then what was it that made you realise that search might be an option for you with that kind of background, and eventually got you to take the leap? Yeah, look, look, it was a pretty uh, binary sort of thing for me. I mean, I, I always wanted to own and run my own business, and that was sort of a, an area that I was really interested in. From a very young age, when I came across the model, for me it was just like, oh, this is a no-brainer. It took me, I think, probably about two weeks to get no knowledge to convicted to committing to, you know, this is what I'm going to do. It's just a, a, a model or a methodology to be able to achieve what I wanted to achieve, and that, and that was own and operate a business. And do you think that kind of almost light bulb type moment is common for quite a few searches? Do you think that for the searchers that really get in behind the model and really get committed to it, it's always been sitting there in the back of their mind, but they just haven't had a way to unleash it. And then suddenly they see this model and they're like, it's got to be the one I'm going to go for it. Do you think it's usually quite a quick conversion from that perspective? Yeah, no, no, I don't. Just the conversations I've had with different people is that they've taken quite a while to, to warm up to it. Uh, it's sort of that this is too good to be true type attitude and then they start learning more about it. They speak, start speaking to more people who have done it 
And then all of a sudden they, they start to think, well, I can actually do this. You know, I have skills that I could apply to this uh, particular model to drive an outcome that would help me to ideally own a business at some point. And some of them have even come from the perspective of, of never thinking about owning a business, but models sort of opens up that opportunity for them. And so what do you think it was about your situation that helped you traverse that period so quickly? Like, you know, was it because it was always sitting there in the back of your mind, something that you'd always thought about trying to do? Or how did you convert that so quickly? I think for me, when I looked at my skill set, my experience that I've had in the past, and I looked at the search model, I could see significant parallels in, in how my skill sets float into the into the model so it was almost like i'm thinking through each of the stages of the the search process all the way through to acquisition ownership exit and i'm tick 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 uh, that one's a question mark tick tick you know that sort of thing and it was just like well this is almost made for me if that makes sense yeah absolutely if you manage to find that kind of alignment it makes the decision pretty good pretty easy doesn't it yeah definitely And so one of the things, you know, that I really wanted to hone in on was there's quite a few people and you would have the same experience, I imagine. You get calls from quite a few people that say, look, I'm considering the model. You know, they're in that that phase that you were just describing then. They're thinking about it. They're trying to work out whether it would fit for them and they want to understand what it actually looks and feels like to be sitting in that search phase. And so what I wanted to do today was kind of talk through all the elements of that search phase in particular, much so more than the operating phase. And get some insight from you about what that looks like. And and maybe even starting from day one, how did you get started in your search phase? And what have you learned along the way to improve your approach? Yeah, good question. So maybe I'll, I'll start with a later question about how I got started in the search phase. I'm a, uh, a funded searcher, so I had to spend a period of time raising capital. And one of the things I noticed during that process was it's a very intense process up front. But once you've started that initial dialogue with a number of parties, you have a process, put a process in place as to how you're going to manage the, the capital raise, then it becomes goes from an intense period to a fairly quiet period uh, where you're still reaching out to people, you're still having conversations, but you've done a lot of the, the sourcing work up front and it's just a matter of meeting the, the sort of requirements of each conversation, so to speak. So what I found uh, during that process is I had all this spare time and I found myself starting to look forward as to how I was going to run the search, what systems I was going to use to, to put in place, I think has played well in my favour. By the time I commenced the search, I was armed and dangerous in terms of I had a, a fairly structured process in place as to how I was going to do my outreach, how I was going to identify companies uh, so on and so forth. So for me, that, that's probably a critical component. I, I know other people that I've spoken to haven't um, necessarily taken that time to develop those systems. And, and as they've gone into the, the search process, they're finding that they can't drive the activity that they were hoping to drive because they don't have those systems in place. So that's probably the biggest thing for getting into the search is having a process defined and then sticking to that process. Where did you pick up on the model that you developed at the beginning was that something that you, you know, did a bunch of research on different approaches from other regions. You know, was it something that you kind of just had a feel for the way you wanted it to look yourself and kind of designed it up from scratch? Like, how did you design the method that you're now deploying around that pipeline? Good question. Really, it was something that I developed myself. Have a reasonably good understanding of the technologies that are available out there. Things like Zapier and, and Airtable and you know, different CRMs and things like that. So I understood what 
each of these pieces would do. And it was just a matter of working out how to connect those pieces, how to, how to put it in or set them up in such a way that they were quite structured in, in the way that you approach them. So you had a framework that you could work against every time that you looked at you know, whether I was trying to find a particular target, whether I was trying to do research into a particular industry. Uh, I, I didn't have to stop and ask the questions of, oh, what do I need to find with this one? Because mm-hmm. I've already got it defined within my framework. And, and I think that's um, quite helpful as well. Yeah, and because I think that quite a few people that would come to the search model potentially haven't had any of that experience before, Mm. you know, like particularly if they've come from an executive background or even from a management consulting background, they haven't actually gone out into market and tried to identify and then filter businesses. You know, they, they might find their first 10 opportunities and then they're just looking at 10 opportunities. They're not they're like, how do I now differentiate between these? How do I quickly kind of filter my way through them? Because as I think you would have experienced, you're actually suffering more from indigestion than starvation when it comes to opportunities in front of you, right? It's like, so the biggest challenge is trying to work out which ones to, to reject rather than how do I find more? How do you deal yeah. with that challenge? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is a sort of working challenge at the moment and something I'm sort of thinking about a lot in terms of how do you keep engagement with companies still reaching out to new companies so that you you don't get left in a hole without opportunity, uh, but also really diving deep with the companies that you're engaged with. So you don't want to be wasting their time. You don't want to be wasting your time. So you, you need to be to try and be effective in, in diving deep into those companies, knowing when to pull the pin i.e. If it, if it misses a, a critical piece of the, the puzzle, so to speak, don't be afraid to, to walk away from it and also being quite binary in terms of evaluation. So, you know, one of the things I often think about is the market will set a valuation at a, at a certain level, but we capped by the return that we're trying to achieve as to where our valuation sits. So that becomes a binary conversation almost at that point. So really just trying to, to put time and effort into each of the the conversations that you have, don't be afraid to pull the pin on a conversation if you you realise that there's a critical piece missing in in that opportunity. And then just trying to have a structure around the way you set your days up. What are you going to focus on in the morning? What are you going to focus on at midday and then afternoon and evening and so on and so forth? One of the things that I always find difficult is I'm a bit of an optimist. So whenever I see opportunities, I can always work out a way of making them work. So every single business, my my brain typically tries to design a way that would make that business work. And so rejecting businesses is something that I constantly challenge myself with to try and say, okay, before I even look at this business, I'm going to tell myself what pass and fail looks like. And if it doesn't pass or fail, I'm going to I'm sorry, if it doesn't pass, I'm going to definitely fail it, right? Because so often I'll see businesses and they're not quite right, but there's a little part of me that says, I reckon I can make that work. And so kind of pushing that aside and and being a bit more clinical about it is is pretty important, I think. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I mean, it's something I struggle with as well. You you know, you see a business and you think, yeah, I can make that work. I I can pull this lever and explore this angle and so on and so forth. But for me, I think it's critical to have some sound sounding boards around you. So I think this is where the the investor basis, if, if you're a funded searcher, comes into play, you know, to be able to reach out and say, well, this is what I'm thinking and have them actually you know, attack your idea. And that allows you to not waste too much time, even if it is potentially a tangible growth opportunity, but it may just be too risky or, or not have near, near enough certainty around it to then be able to just pull the pin on that and move on to something that is, is more 
it's uh, not realistic, I guess. It's nice to have a group of people that are engaged enough because they're invested, but disengaged enough that they're not right at the coalface so that they can provide that, that kind of perspective. Yeah. So to put a bit more meat on the bones, what would your, let's call it a customer journey, but it's effectively a target journey look like? You know, if, if I'm a business owner and somehow I show up on your radar, what does that process look like? Like how, how are you engaging with me during the search and, and what would I experience? I'm trying to understand where their appetite is, is at. That would be my initial sort of starting point. Now, are they looking to exit uh, in the next 12, 24 months? Are they not looking to exit you know, any time within the foreseeable future? If they were to exit, how does that that feel? You know, are they are they selling down completely? Would they like to have some stake in the business going forward, or you know, what, what's their sort of feeling or, or focus around that? Then, really, what I'm, I'm trying to get to is you know, five or six core uh, fundamental questions that sort of form the underpinning of my approach to business. So, you know, what do their the revenue, revenues look like in terms of recurring, in terms of service space? What is it that they, or what is their revenue model? I guess, how does growth look? You know, have they stalled in their growth? Is the market around them growing? They're not, or are they growing ahead of the market? And if so, why? And really just trying to get my my understanding about how that revenue flows into the business. I want to see something that, see businesses that are strong in their growth margin. Some of the things I've been looking at are anywhere from sort of 70% to 85, 90% gross margin, which is, is quite impressive with some of these businesses. Uh, and that's sort of the, the key questions that I want to ask initially to get my head around is this something that I, I want to invest a lot more time in? And you do that quite early, right? Like you do even at quite a high level just to almost pass or fail as quickly as possible, right? Like that that's yeah. not, that's answering those questions isn't the result of detailed analysis. It's more the result of some initial conversations to understand, you know, is it generally to the left or generally to the right? Yeah, exactly. We're, we're talking my initial conversations for 30 minutes. And if I see something straight out of the, the blocks that I'm like, okay, this doesn't fit what I'm after. It's significantly smaller than I thought it may have been or significantly bigger than I thought it may have been. Then, you know, I've had conversations go for, for five minutes or 10 minutes because I don't want to waste their time and I, and I don't want to waste my time as well. There's no value in that. It doesn't mean you can't learn a lot from from these conversations, and, and you should definitely explore that. You, you know, all of a sudden, it's a it's a very different conversation. So you don't want to take too much time through that process. The thing that for me, I think, is quite difficult at, at the earlier stages is trying to get your message across to the vendor. Because I mean, I've heard that in other markets, you know, speaking to people from Spain or the US or the UK, where search is more established, if a vendor hears from a searcher, they can put that in context. Whereas in Australia, how are you finding that process when you reach out to vendors, particularly when they're not coming through brokers, you know, so they haven't potentially even thought about a sale process and you show up? What's the range of response you get and how do you as quickly as possible articulate where you're coming from? I guess the first answer I would say or first point I'd make is I don't talk about search at all, not because I'm trying to hide it or anything like that because there's nothing to hide. It's just that I think it is, adds confusion to the conversation. I mean, at the end of the day, what do they want to know? One, you know, why are you talking to them? And you explain that, you know, I'm interested in buying a business in, in this sector and I've been looking at opportunities in the sector and, you know, so on and so forth. Two, am I interested in that particular business? And if so, why am I interested in it? And to explore that. Three, is it for sale? Four, I have backing to, to support me to buy the business. It's like any sort of transaction. You go in there 
try to make it as easy as possible for the person selling the, the business. You don't want to overcomplicate it. You want them to have certainty around you're not wasting their time, that you're serious and that you have the capital or access to the capital to be able to get a deal done. What proportion of the people that you make contact with do you think are in a position where they hadn't thought about selling but they actually would consider it? In terms of the people that I actually talk to, I would suggest it's probably about 50% of the people I talk to. Let me caveat that a little further. So a number of people I will talk to based on the fact that they said, yeah, happy to share about about my business, but we're not ready to sell. And that's simple. But out of the ones that are talked to that come back with a positive response, I would say about half of those those people have said, look, we haven't even considered selling, but when you approach us, we thought, hey, it's worth, worth yeah, having right. a chat. I always remember there was a stat that I found a few years ago now that kind of said there's some tiny percentage of, of businesses in this part of the market or this size that are actually listed for sale, but a huge majority of business owners, if asked, would sell. So mm. there's this disparity between the people that have actually gone through the process of thinking, you know, sale might be an option and those people that actually, you, if you tap them on the shoulder, that there might be a possibility. Because in the spectrum of businesses that suit the search model, there's tens of thousands of them even in Australia, which is a relatively small market. So there's large proportions of that where that are owned by people that haven't even considered it as an option. There's quite a few that haven't even considered their succession plan, which yep. is another problem. But definitely there's a lot that, that haven't considered sale might be one of the things that they could do. No, absolutely. And, and you know, it, it comes back to the asking the question, right? You know, it's easy to see a, a business and you think, oh, that looks really good. That looks too early in its life cycle or, or whatever it might be and to go, no, I'm not, not going to contact those guys. But there's no harm in asking the question. The, the, the worst they can say is is no. My process to date, I've been doing this for almost eight months and I think I've probably received about four emails that, that could have been described as terse or close <laughs> to terse. <laughs> yeah. you know, four emails like, and none of them were, were, were particularly bad, you know, like unsubscribe or not interested or whatever it might be. You know, I didn't lose sleep over any of them. So why not ask the question? Yeah, yeah. And and I think that most people, I mean, I think in this marketplace as well, most people are open to a conversation just culturally in the business environment that we've got here in Australia. So, you're right. You've just got to have the confidence to ask the question. So, for people that are thinking about going down the search path, kind of two questions on two sides of a coin. What were some things that you expected to experience during that search phase before you started that turned out to be completely wrong? <laughs> and what were some things that you've learned during the search phase that you never anticipated would be the case? Yeah, good question. I guess the, the first being that you know exactly what you want to buy from the outset. It's not until you're, you're out there and you're looking at businesses and really sort of critically thinking about them that you, you start to question some of the things that you had stored up in your brain or ideas that you thought were, were sort of pre-established. You start to question those and go, well, does that actually make sense in, in, in the reality of me uh, running this business? So that would be the first point. The second point, it's a very different scenario working, uh, as I mentioned earlier, coming from a, an M&A perspective and you're trying to, to sell a business. You can go out and, and form a thesis and, and, and build that thesis into your into your information memorandum throughout the sale process and, and say, you know, the opportunity for this business is, is X. It's a very different thing when you're sitting on the other side of the fence and you're looking to buy a business that you're going to run. And I can still come up with those same opportunities, but it's a different thing to validate. Am I going to bet myself against this opportunity? 
and that's a different framework and a different mindset you have to take. And if I go back to my investors and I sell this opportunity to them and they're completely okay with it, I've got to stand by that for the next three or five or seven or 10 years or however long it might be. So that's a, a, a big uh, move in mindset, I guess, that I, I didn't sort of expect would happen. You definitely are backing yourself, aren't you? You're like, Absolutely. Like you're, not, you're not just theoretically trying to understand what the opportunity might be. You're practically trying to work out how the hell am I literally going to deliver exactly. on this promise yeah. that I'm trying to make. That's yeah. it. It's That's interesting it. you say that from the outset, you've got a particular view on the, on the kind of business that you think you're going to buy, but those views might change during your search. I think that's really powerful because I think there's this playoff between the thesis and the mandate that you set for yourself and then what businesses come over the bow and what might be possible in terms of what you can do with them. And you need to find a nexus between those things, right? Like you can't, you can't stick too solid to either end of that spectrum. You need to yeah. be ready to kind of shift your aim as you go you know you see in the search ppms that that people are producing some of them have very very clear and structured thinking about what they're going to buy and how they're going to buy it and what they're going to do with it before they've started their search and Hmm. and there's risk in that because you're kind of overplaying how much certainty you've got in what you might find when you go searching so you're right i guess for someone starting out not necessarily reducing the amount of thinking they put into what they might look for, but just being, as you said, very, very ready for the fact that when they start searching, their mind might change. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, you know, in the process, you start to see characteristics that you didn't expect to see. The number of businesses I've come across that are doing just short of 50% EBITDA margins. Now, I come from the the industrial sort of mindset and and you don't see those margins typically in the industrial mindset. So you, you th- sit there and you think, I don't want to find a business that's got a nice strong margin at 25 or 30% and you're seeing something that's that's 45%. It changes the way you think a lot. And that would just be one example of sort of you know, stepping into it and then seeing these things and going, wow, you know, I'm, I'm limiting where I'm focused. And also understanding what is really the transferable skill you're going to bring to the table when you're operating it. Like I think when you start out, you might have a particular view about what your skill set is, but the more you run your skill set over the top of different business opportunities, you start to get a better understanding of where you might transfer those skills Mm -hmm. into operation, which again might change your mind about what's possible. Definitely, yeah. So one last question before we wrap up. You know, if I'm someone that's considering search and I'm thinking that I might, you know, have a crack at it, what advice do you give me? My first point would be don't overthink it. I mean, think about it thoroughly, but but don't overthink it. You know, really running a business, doing this search process, like so many things in our, in our life, it's just a series of steps. And the way that I try to approach each and every day is what are the biggest problems I need to resolve today? And that's my sort of sort of framework or thinking that I bring to it. If you do that when you're thinking about the search process, don't think about it as this massive 24-month project and then or, you know, potentially 24-month project and then you buy the business and that's you know, seven or 10 years of your life or, or whatever it might be. It's just a series of steps. It's actually quite enjoyable. You'll learn a lot. You might, your mind will explode a little bit, but, but that's good. But just don't overthink it. The second point is that it'll probably take longer than what you expect. And what I mean by that, every stage of it seems to take longer than what you expect. Raising the capital, when I was doing that sort of process, I thought two months should be done and dusted. And I didn't see any reason why that couldn't happen. But investors have a different appetite to move 
than, than what I do. I'm like, well, why am I not the center of your attention? You know, can't you be there when I want to talk to you? And so it took me five months. And every single thing, you know, I asked uh, many companies for financial information or particular information on, the, on their company. And you'll expect you'll get that in the next two or three days and it turns up in a month, you know, those sorts of things. So that would probably be the, the, the second thing is just be patient and don't try and push it too hard, but just keep moving forward. That's fantastic. Don't overthink it and be patient. I think that there's a lot of people that could get some real value from that. So yeah. thank you very much, Greg, for your time. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. No worries, Pete. Great to chat. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please jump onto LinkedIn and find the group Search and ETA Australasia. You can also send me a direct message and I'd be keen to connect. 